are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of 1 Samuel tonight. Samuel is another transition book, like when we transferred out of the great uh, founders of the uh, Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then we moved into Moses and the lawgiver, and then we moved in eventually to uh, Joshua and uh, judges. The judges ruled over 400 years, and then a transition with Ruth. Now we find Samuel. What's the transition? We're going from a monarchy to theocracy. Monarchy is man ruled. The judges was where a man ruled over the people. What's the difference than a theocracy? It is man under the authority of God. God's gonna look for kings after his own heart. And he's gonna find David. Some of these kings did not submit themselves. By the way, in a sense, we were established as a theocracy. We say one nation under the Republicans. No, under the Democrats, under government. No, one nation under God. Blessed is nation whose God is the Lord. Righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. People are organizing how to tear apart America right now. But you, do real, you realize that if God's people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, would come back to God, this whole nation could change in an invitation, in a heartbeat, on a Sunday, any day of the week, and it could be like sinners in the hands of an angry God getting right with God. I believe that could happen. God is still the answer. And so we're going to see theocracy rule. And then, of course, you're going to eventually see how that God will use the New Testament local church. Where we look down in Genesis, in Genesis, we, the letter R, if you want to write it down, is rune, R-U-I-N. Because it starts in a garden, and the last verse, chapter 50, ends in a coffin. And everything that comes into Genesis, it seems like it's rune. Sin entered in. The consequence of sin, murder came in, incest came in, lying came in, stealing came in, birthright stealing came in, all that type of ruin. And every time it ruined a family, it ruined another, it, it ruined an individual. It took the life of so many. And so we found in Genesis, the book of beginnings, ruin. Exodus means exactly what that sign is, to exit, to leave. But, but we use the word to remove to come from this place to go to this place. Leviticus is the book that is dealing with holiness. 87 times you have the word holiness and on top of that, purity and separate. And it's so very important and God was saying, listen, as you're you're moving on in life now, you're gonna have to make sure that you're living in righteousness. Sin is a reproach. God wants righteousness, right living. And so Leviticus is righteousness. Rune and remove and righteousness. Well, numbers, it's very obvious. It's a book of numbers. We call it the roll book. 
It's like a Sunday school teacher used to have a roll book. Now, we still have them, but there's database and all that business. I remember when I was teaching the great Brian Baptist Church in 1971, uh, they gave me a Sunday school class, second grade boys. Oh, my goodness, I love that class. And we had a few boys in that class, got a roll book. Here's my roll book, and I had to work the roll book. It was the numbering of my students. And then we found the book, word, a book, Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy just means the words. We could call it the book of words, but it's, it's words. And, and so uh, we labeled that letter R as remarks. Joshua was conquering the land, so we looked at the word region. And then judges, well, it's very obvious. They were rulers. They were judges. So rulers. And then Ruth was a very profound the man that spoke last week did not have a lot of Bible knowledge, could not come up with an R, I guess. So in his ignorance, he just said, let's have, why, why do you make, and by the way, if one more person tells me how great a Bible teacher is, I'm gonna vote you out of the church. The man is in all of our professors. I love our professors. I love our teachers, instructors. I always get so much when you teach, Brother Birchman. I love it. I know your Sunday school class does as well, but he saved it. And thank you for saving redemption because I'm going to use it later. Probably was hard to do, wasn't it? It was. I, I thought it was. He said, oh, no. But we met, all right, we'll call Ruth redemption. And we'll let you have part two on that. We, I almost, last week I was sitting over here listening. And I always do all the teaching and preaching around here, it seems like. But I just love it when the other fellows do it. And he got... Got through chapter one and two, and two more chapters left, and I, I wanted to say, stop right there, we'll go part B next week. I thought it'd be rude, I didn't want to ruin the invitation, but I wish you would have saved. I, wish, I was hoping to say, I, I can't get to chapter three and four, maybe another time, and uh, thank you so much. So redemption is Ruth, I'll help you out, I'll, just come by my office, I'll teach you a few things, and and then tonight, well, it's obvious. It's obvious. We're going to start getting some kings in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. They're going to be 19 from Judah and 19 from Israel. There's going to be a lot of kings. Kings reign, R-E-I-G-N. And they're reigning. And there's three men. I want you to write their names down in 1 Samuel. I would like you somehow to take these three men, if when, when you get to 1 Samuel in your Bible reading schedule, maybe have these notes somewhere that you're going to be studying Samuel, first of all, chapter 1 through chapter 7. Write it down, chapter, please. Samuel is chapter 1 through chapter 7. And when you look at Samuel, what an incredible life he was. What a godly man, how his mother prayed for him, and she gave him back to the Lord, and he was a man that, that God uh, could bless, and he was a holy man. And he, he's there from the beginning of Samuel, 1 Samuel, to the end of Samuel when he dies. The sad thing in his life, he had a lot of sadness, had a lot of heartache. You know, I want to say, as you live life, and we have all this vision, how it's going to turn out this way or this way. We're doing all these great things, and our kids are going to do this, and our, 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 our marriage is going to do this, and my life's going to do this. Uh, a lot of that never happens. In fact, a lot of times it's just the opposite. And you can live in such regret or such sorrow. And I'm not talking because we bring sin. I'm talking about good people that are living for God. 
that there's sorrow. I think of good people I've pastored, godly people. Now all of a sudden the husband walks out. Or all of a sudden the wife walks out. Or all of a sudden both go haywire or whatever it might be. I've watched it. I've watched kids that have been brought up in good homes, nationwide good homes, and mothers and dads did right, and then all of a sudden they go crazy. I tell you the crowd I admire, those folks that with a broken heart bring themselves to the house of God and still sing and still read the Bible and still pray and still love God and still have a smile on their face. And you young people have no idea what I'm talking about, but one day you will. One day you'll know because life, man, this mortal woman, his days are few and full of troubles as sparks fly upward. It's not, a, we used to sing, I just thought of that song right now, I was sung it 40 years. It's not an easy road as we travel to heaven. Oh, it's not an easy road, but it's the right road. It's the best road. The way of the transgressor is hard, but he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God's way is easy and light compared to the world's way. And tonight, we have Samuel in chapters one through seven. We have the second man introduced, and we're gonna spend time on him tonight, Saul. He's chapter number eight through 15, and he occupies those chapters. Are you writing that down? Chapter eight through 15. Who's the second man we're gonna see tonight? Saul, who's the first one? And then the third one we won't look at tonight because next week, 2 Samuel's dedicated to his life, and that is the man David, chapter 16 through 31. 16 through 31 is David. Let me tell you by way of introduction about these three men. I write down that Samuel's a remarkable man. He's a remarkable man. What a tremendous man. If you want a good reading, read, read some time, chapter one through seven. Just a remarkable man. Holy, ready, steady, godly. He saw hurt and grief around him, but he stayed true to God. Oh, what a remarkable man. Uh, Saul is a rebellious man. He rebelled against God. He did it his way. And then David, we're told that he was a righteous man. What a righteous man. And so all these are an incredible study. We want to pick it up with Samuel, Saul tonight, chapter 8. I'm so sorry we're jumping over the first three, uh, seven chapters. But you can read those first uh, seven chapters. And we get to chapter 8. Now Israel is going to demand a king. Let us read. Chapter 8, verses 1 through, uh, let's read 1 through 7 tonight. Let's say it together, pause at the commas and semicolons and periods. Are you ready? Chapter 8, verse 1, begin. And it came to pass.
showed you that, Samuel, and this is an illustration here. He was such a good man. In fact, when he, he had it all planned how he was going to help the people of God, and they were demanding a king, but instead of just giving in, he went to God in prayer. He was still praying. What happened to his boys? His boys were turned aside after lucre, money. I want the ministry, and I'll do what I'm, I'm in it for the big bucks. And then not only that, they, they took bribes and they perverted judgment. I don't know how it was in Samuel's life, but as you read Samuel, the man had to be reading the law to his children. It was in his fiber. Read chapter one through seven. Read the latter part of the book, how he's always there for the anointing of, uh, of Saul and the anointing of David and how he was the man that, that he looked and he said, these boys, don't you have another son, Jesse? And I've got a little boy, his name is David. He was there for all of this. But he had boys that did not turn out for God. Perhaps the greatest grief in dealing with pastors and missionaries these days are the numbers that have really done it right. And they call or they talk to me. Uh, I see them and I say, Pastor, Brother Treber, I, my kids, we did it right. We really did. We read the Bible. We prayed. We were normal. We were not weird. We took time for our kids. We weren't perfect, but we invested in them. We were good parents. I wasn't mad. My wife wasn't mad. We were normal. We were right. And they chose another way. Uh, may I remind you? Our Lord chose 12 men. And the Bible said all forsook them and fled. And one betrayed him with a kiss. Judas. And that was the 12 that Jesus handpicked. Your Christianity, my Christianity should not be based on the fact that the results are what we had hoped for and prayed for. And our kids are doing what? I mean, it was so thrilling. My, my folks used to sit there for 33 years. And the th thrill of their heart was I was their pastor. But it didn't stay all that way. And they had to move by my sister and then went home to be with the Lord. Things change. And so we get to chapter 8. And now they said, we, we want to be, you're old. Verse 5. Make us a king. To judge like the other nations. Please hear me, and we'll look at some things about this king. But oftentimes, what we demand of God for our lives is that what is going to bite us and hurt us. So sometimes we are, have got to have this job. I need this job. I can't understand what God's doing. And then you get the job, and sometimes it's the job that takes you away from the things of God. I've got to have this house. But then sometimes the house takes you away from the things of God. I'm not saying you can't have a house. But I also know we sing a tent or a cottage. Why should I care? They're building a palace for me over there. Though exiled from home. Yes, still I may sing, oh, glory to God, I'm a child of the king. And my wife and I, we made the decision, we were here 18 years before we tried to buy into a house, 18 years of marriage. 
And may I say this? We both have agreed on this. We wanted this church more than we wanted a house. And I hope you get a house. I hope somehow the market all crashes and all you get in and then it goes back up. We all have equity. I, I, I know that, I understand that. But sometimes we demand a possession or a house so much that we would sacrifice, watch it now, you're gonna have to figure out what God wants. We would sacrifice a Christian school like this. And, and I, I, I've traveled for 40 years all over the country preaching. I know what I'm talking about. That Christian school, as I went to elementary school this morning, high school this morning, preached to those kids. There's nothing like it, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing like it in the nation. I could take you to preachers that have your own, your pastor. He said, I dread when they, he's preached in our high school several times. He said, I dread it when a pastor says to me, will you come and preach at our high school? I dread it too. I hate, hate to tell, I dread it when churches say, preach at our high school. It's like preaching to the Antichrist in many places. They look at you like this and they do not sing. They do not smile. They do not grunt. They don't sit up straight. And I'm thinking, where in the world am I? And many places think they're succeeding because they're two steps ahead of the public school. Well, at least we're keeping most of the drugs off the campus. And that is a true statement. As of again, two weeks, three weeks ago approximately, Christian schools. And the parents are upset because the administration is putting the rule down. These kids will be kids, you know. And I recall one of my parents lost everything and when we went in these two little rooms, not two bedroom house, two little rooms, bedrooms, that's all we had. We'd rent it, not the kitchen, we'd rent it the bedrooms. But they said, we want our kids in a good church. And then they finally got a little two bedroom for the five of us apartment. That apartment was as big as, I mean, it was so small. I went recently by it. Brother Manley, you know right where it's at up there in Hayward on Santa Clara Street. That thing was such a cracker box and my mother would go to bed crying because I'd have to go to the closet downstairs under the stairwell, pull out a, a little folding cot every night. She said, she'd say every night, son, I'm so sorry you don't have a room. Man, I was camping every night of my life. It's wonderful. But they wanted me in a good church. Sometimes we want so I'm so lonely in life. I, I, I'm gonna marry that girl. I'm gonna marry that guy. And sometimes what we want so much is gonna be that which hurts us so much. And I'm all for marriage. And I'm all for a house. And I'm all for a job. But they said, we want to be just like everybody else. We want a king. Sometimes we live for money. I gotta have that money. And money's the thing that bites you. Rockefeller was dying. He had, they had to puree his food. He could not eat. And not when he was just old. For many years of his life, he could not eat. He could buy any steak, any type of food. And he was so obsessed with money. And he, someone said, you've got everything. And he said, yes, you know what I would like to have? I've had five marriages. I wish I would have had one that worked. The money that he had brought him such sorrow in life. 
And here they're demanding, and they are, they're, they're, God's gonna use kings later, but they're demanding this one. And you say, well, God, God said, verse seven, hearken to the voice of the people. Now, wait a minute. God's given a stamp of approval. No, he's not. Just like sometimes when people say to me, well, what do you think? And I say, well, what do you think? They say, we're gonna do this? I say, well, then I'll do it. I'm not giving you my stamp of approval. And I'm not, God, counsel Proverbs 25, you draw it out of man. And if you're not gonna take it and you don't want it, I'm not gonna give it. I rarely give advice and counsel anymore. Used to do a lot more. People don't want it. So I always find out what they're thinking and what they wanna do. And if they made up their mind, if they had, I said, well, you might wanna do that. And then you take that, well, pastor's for this. No, I'm not. You didn't ask me that way. And that's what's happening here. They, they said, Hark, God, the Lord said to Sam, hearken to, unto the voice of the people. Go ahead and listen to them. Watch this. And all that they said to thee, here it is. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. You think God's putting his blessing on it? He is absolutely not putting his blessing on it. Because they don't listen to you. Don't get, don't get out of shape, Samuel. They don't listen to me either. Have people, go ahead and get your king. And so the search is on. And we get to chapter nine. There was a man of the Benjamite. Verse two, he had a son. His name was Saul. And I want you to see this. This is the appearance of the man first. He was a choice young man. Goodly. There was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than for me. From the shoulders upward, he was higher than the other people. He, he, he had it all to get. He's so handsome. That's what we want right there. Woo-hoo! That's the guy we want. By the way, the next guy sounds disrespectful. The next king was David. 1 Samuel 16, 7, and God says, Man looks on the outward appearance, but I'm looking on the heart. That little ruddy boy, that red-faced boy, that's the one. Yeah, but he's the last of the litter. I know, he's not grown, but he's the one. That little shepherd boy, that's who I'm looking for. That's who God was looking for. But these people are looking for someone that was perhaps handsome and perhaps talented and good-looking. God can use your talent, but it potentially is gonna be a difficulty on your service to him. God can use your good looks, but it may be difficult for you. God God can use your ability, your personality, but God's not looking on the outside and what we can accomplish. God's looking at our heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. The first commandment, they came to tempt him. They said, what is the first commandment? He said, thou knowest, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And you put heart in it. Everything we do, it takes heart. And here, they needed a king that had the heart of God. That's why it says that David, David was a man after God's own heart. Saul wasn't. Saul was just good looking. God doesn't choose the, the noble. First Corinthians 1, he says, I... I look for the base things that can find, can confound the mighty. God is not looking for ability. God's looking for availability. 
Someone that'll say, here am I. Someone that's hiding behind the wine press, fearful and afraid. Gideon. And God says, you're the one. David with the sheep, you're the one, little shepherd boy. The fisherman, you're the one, John, Peter, you're the ones. Come on, follow me. God's not looking for the big shot. God is looking for the one that says, I'll go where you want me to go, Lord, or mountain, or plain, or sea. God's looking for someone that say, I, 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 my, my name is Moses. I, 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 I stutter. I can't, can't, can't talk very well. But, 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 and God said, who made your mouth? I do not say this in any way ridicule against my brother, dear friend, brother Joe Arthur. The man is smart. He is very smart. But he's also a country bumpkin. But he has the touch of God. Uh, your pastor, Pastor Mark Swanson, I knew him as a young kid. But when his mother passed away, he was still a young little boy. And you know, he has the touch. You know that, Pastor. He has the touch on his life. You can just see it. You can hear it. And I'm not saying he, he, he's not talented. He's got a beautiful singing voice. He's got all these things. Brother Arthur, we play him on the station. Good singing voice. It'd help if it enroll in my music class a little bit. I could give some voice lessons. Those men have the ability to sing. They're great preachers. But they walk humbly before God. God uses them. Parents, I think of so many of your kids. They're so talented. They, they're so gifted. But what I love to see in their hearts, they're not proud about what God's given them. They can stand up here in all the different singing groups that we have, all the services and sing. Sunday night, all of them that sang up here. And every Sunday night, we put one group up or more like that. And they stand and they sing such beautiful harmony. But it's not like, look at me. I'm pretty good. No, it's like, God, I want you to use me. This man, his appearance, I want you to see in chapter 9 and verse 17, not only his appearance, but his announcement. The announcement, Samuel said, here's the man you want. And when Samuel, verse 17, saw Saul, that's a tough one. Samuel saw Saul. And when Samuel saw Saul, say that Samuel saw Saul three times real fast. Ready? Samuel saw Saul. Samuel saw Saul. You can't do it. Unique New York. Try it one time. Unique New York. Okay, smart folks. Try it three times. Ready? Here we go. New York. I can't even get the first word. Ready, here we go. Unique New York. I don't know what this has to do with the Bible, but I'm enjoying it right now. You know, Samuel Saul Saul. That's pretty good. And when Samuel Saul Saul, I'm hung up on that right now. I'm feeling it right now. I think God's beginning to speak to us now. And when Samuel Saul Saul, the Lord said to him, behold, the man 
whom I spake thee of, this, this shall reign over my people. <laughs> this? I don't think God was impressed. This? This shall reign over my people? Dr. Nikolai, I, I think God just bought into their program. This? It's like Brother Art down here, he'd say to someone, this is my pastor? Well, yeah, thanks a lot, my brother. Yes, I am. And, and the announcement, here's the man you want, you got him. The appearance, chapter 10, verse 1, the anointing. And Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him. And said, is not this because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? He kissed him. There was a Samuel, an older man, has such great respect for that office. May I say this? Do you remember when President Carter, Jimmy Carter, became our president for four years? I was voting in those days, of course, as I do now. I never voted for him. I didn't want him. Well, he was a Baptist, I know, but I didn't vote for him. He was a peanut farmer. That had nothing to do with I didn't vote for him. He was a peanut farmer from Georgia. One of the things that literally broke my heart is how the cartoons had his face as a peanut. And they'd put his face on. That's our president. I don't know one thing I've never seen in my life, a late night show. You're going to not believe this is true. I've never seen Johnny Carson one time out. I've seen his picture. I don't even know what the program does. He's retired many. I don't know. I, the, the man, I know the name, David Letterman. I don't know what he did. The next guy, there was that guy that liked cars. I, I gray hair. I, I like this hair. That's I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they, those night programs do. They got a whole slew of them tonight. I don't know what they do on them, but I do know they trash our president. I believe that you ought to be very careful about how you attack and push a position of authority. I know a, a politician and. Washington, D.C., he and I are about this far apart. If he believes this, I believe this. We're, we're far apart. But he knows I pray for him. He's on my prayer list. And I pray for his wife, and I pray for his son, and now I, I pray for his daughter. And he comes to church here quite regularly. He'll sit right down the front when he's in town from D.C. We're not on the same page at all. I saw him in Washington a few weeks ago, and he came off those capital steps and he gave me a hug. I hugged him back. The man is representing an office in the Capitol, elected position. And I want to be very careful how I speak of him. I don't understand why we've gotten so vicious. I find his appearance, I find the announcement of his and then I find his anointing. And, and, you know, I hope so many of you get called of God. He sets you apart. But why don't you just be faithful? Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, tithing, soul winning, 
Godliness, holiness, just stay faithful. I, I know we'll take a vacation this summer. But I look back over the last eight months, we have been here at every Sunday school, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. Last year we missed one Sunday. I get six weeks vacation, I always have. I've never taken it. And I'm not saying I can't take it, I won't take it, so I doubt I ever will. And it doesn't accumulate. But if you go back and look at your attendance chart we gave you, some have missed almost as much this first quarter as you've been here. Great churches are built off of people that are faithful to God. That's why this has been a great church. I find that number four is the attributes, and I'm out of time. Notice some attributes about this new king, chapter 13. He was self-willed. Samuel told him to stay right there. When Saul had reigned one year, and he reigned two years over Israel, so now he's in a second year of reign, and, and Samuel told him, you stay right here, and in seven days, in verse eight, he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel appointed, but Samuel came not to Gilgal. The people were scattered from him, and Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me. Dangerous, because the priest was supposed to offer this, not the king. It's not his job. And he offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said in verse 11, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw the people were scattered from me that I came not within the, and thou camest not within the days appointed that I, uh, that the Philistines gathered themselves together to mismatch. And he began to talk, and Samuel says, verse 13, thou hast done foolishly, yet they have not kept the commandment of the Lord. And now thy kingdom shall not continue, verse 14. The Lord has sought for a man after his own heart. He not only was self-willed, he was rebellious. Look what he says in chapter 15 of him. And the Lord said unto Saul, and Samuel said unto Saul, the Lord has sent me to anoint the old king over his people. And he says, verse 3, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all and spare them not. Verse 7, and Saul smote the Amaleks. Verse 8, here's disobedience, rebellion. He took Agag, the king, alive. And Saul and the people spared Agag and the best sheep. That's not what God said to do. And the oxen, the fat leaves, and the lambs. And it would not only destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, he destroyed utterly. And the Bible says, verse 11, repentant me that I have set Saul to be king. And it grieved Samuel. And he cried unto the Lord all night. And Samuel came to Saul, verse 13, and Saul said unto him, blessed be the Lord. You know, it's amazing how spiritual can get when we're so lost and out of touch with God. He said, I performed the commandment of God. No, you did not, you liar. Samuel said, what mean the bleeding of the sheep in mine ear? And Saul said, they have brought, uh, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best. Verse 19 then thou didst not obey the voice of the Lord. And Samuel said, yay, yay, yes, yes, verse 20, I've obeyed. But the people, and he blames the people. 
And he says in verse number 22, in as obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, obey is better than sacrifice. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. But here's a tragic verse. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. It says that again in verse 26. He was rebellious. We're out of time, but in chapter 18, he was jealous of David. In chapter 19, he was angry at his own son. He tried to, he threw a javelin at his son. He threw a javelin at David. And then he went on the hunt. But if you go all the way in the last two minutes to chapter 31, the way at the end, verse 6, so Saul died. He's on Mount Gilboa. If you go to that region today, Mount Gilboa, that day God cursed it and said nothing to grow. And on that mount, nothing still grows. He was fighting in a battle and Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer. His boys went to their death because their dad rebelled. May I take you, don't take the, but you get over to 2 Samuel 1. You're going to find out who actually killed him, an Amalekite. The man he was supposed to utterly destroy, but he said, I'm not going to do it. I've got another plan. But God had a plan. He said, I'm not going to obey. I know the plan that it's better if God would just get on my page. That rebellion brought a man to kill him. And his boys and his son Jonathan that loved his dad and loved his, his new king to, to be David so much because of rebellion. You know, dad, our actions oftentimes hurts those that we are supposed to love the most. Isn't it interesting? In Old Testament, there's a Saul who started out so right and ended up so wrong. And you know this, in the New Testament, there's a Saul that started off so wrong and he ended up so right. His name was Paul after it was changed from Saul. I hope in my life I'll be like the New Testament Saul. The Old Testament Saul really is nothing but failure. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.